0: This is an MPB think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Good morning. thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're talking about forgiveness. How do you forgive? Especially when you have those deep wounds that have been imparted on you. Have you been hurt and you can't seem to let go of the anger? Um, Have you been estranged from a relative or a once-dear friend and yearned for things to be the way they were? Sometimes, maybe, can you even understand why things got the way they did? And if you do remember, can you truly forgive and let things go, that old forgive and forget? Can you do it? Um, Or is it one of those things that you've found is next to impossible? So I want to hear what's going on in your life. and. Uh, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 to join the conversation. I would love for you to do that. You know, many times it takes uh, a while for me to come up with an idea for the radio show. But this week... I felt like the topic was almost screaming at me to be covered. I had two big incidents that went on this weekend that said, this is your topic. So, first, the first one was while I was on the way home from my Coast Clinic in Biloxi, my husband and I listened to This American Life on MPB. It's a great show, Saturday afternoon. Ira Glass, um, who is the host, played an interview story that was done by a guy named Jonathan Goldstein. He's a writer who told the story of his father and uncle and the attempt that he made in having them reconcile. For as long as Jonathan could remember, his father, Buzz, and his uncle, Sheldon, had not spoken more than a few words over the years. Um, there seemed to be some bad blood that he just didn't get. He wanted it to go away. They were both in their 80s, and he was frustrated. The story's 58 minutes long, um, and you can listen to it on podcast. It's really worth listening to. But for those who, who won't, um, let me give you the gist of the story. So when um, Buzz and Sheldon were small, their parents had a, a violent and abusive relationship. Mother moved out due to the abuse and left the boys with the father. She then came back, like a day or so later, with a policeman to take the oldest brother, Sheldon, out of the home. So, not the youngest, just the eldest. Sheldon wouldn't leave. Mother eventually moved back in, and the boys grew up together. But Buzz was devastated that his mother didn't want to take him. So from then on, he felt uh, Sheldon was his mother's favorite. Apparently, this was a shadow. It was unspoken, and it affected Buzz and Sheldon's entire relationship. But little did Buzz know, as the show goes on, Buzz finds out that um, once Jonathan is making Sheldon and Buzz talk, that the reason the mother came back and seemed to favor Sheldon was because Sheldon was also being physically and emotionally abused, just as the mother She came back to try to rescue him and protect him. Apparently, Buzz was not abused by his father, and that happens sometimes. Sheldon refused to leave when he could because he wanted to stay and protect his brother. Buzz didn't know that. Nobody told him that. Once Buzz understood the reason behind what had happened, he was able to let go of all the resentment that he'd harbored all those years. And man, how many wasted years? It was like 60, 60 wasted years. So that was one of those forgiving, get over it, don't die with all this upset In your heart. Um, It's bad for you, and we'll talk about why. But then Sunday, the next incident happened. Our priest, Father Mike, spoke during the homily on forgiveness. Um, He stated that um, during the homily, he said he visited an aged, infirmed woman who wasn't able to make it to church. And who, um, as Father Mike said, let's pray the Lord's Prayer. And he said, you know, She said, Father Mike, you know, that's a dangerous prayer. And he said he was taken aback. Dangerous? What do you mean dangerous? And she pointed to the line in the prayer for those of you who, who don't know the Lord's prayer. In it, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we're asking God to forgive us as we forgive others. So it is kind of a dangerous prayer if we're not very good at forgiving, right? And if you read the Quran and if you read other um, books, religious books, certainly uh, the Buddha religion and all, you, you find that we're supposed to be forgivers. And so many times we can't. We can't let go. All too many times we allow our anger and our resentment to supersede our ability to forgive. How many of you listeners out there have allowed anger and resentment to destroy what used to be a beautiful relationship or a friendship or kinship? Do you remember even the reason that started the problems in the first place? And if you do remember, do you think you really know all the facts Um, Sometimes the deepest wounds will feel like they'll last a lifetime. Um, It could be an absent parent who robbed you of that relationship that you really craved for. It could be that person in school who bullied you and made you miserable, and now they're a grown adult still in your midst, and they seem like a decent person, but you just cannot let go of that past. Um, it might be that boyfriend or that spouse who left you for someone else, and perhaps you've harbored a lot of anger. Actually, I was just listening on, uh, to, in legal terms, um, on uh, the show before this one here on MPB, and and um, Professor Gershwin said, please, please, please don't use your kids against um your spouse. Don't do that. And it's the same thing when we're angry at someone else. And if we haven't forgiven them for whatever transgression, our former spouse that we think um, that we, that was done to us, or we know, um, if then you start doing Terribly destructive things, sometimes not just to your health, to your own self, but to others. Have you found yourself guilty of that, or do you find someone else is guilty of that? As we move through, we'll talk about what you need to do to try to get through that and how you need to move yourself into getting over the bitterness, uh, getting over holding the, the... Grudge, getting over, clinging to all those betrayals and disappointments and the hurts, um, you're going to be hurt by others at one time or another. Um, Life's just like that. Um, People say things or do things sometimes that they don't even mean, yet they end up doing something that hurts you, and makes you um, think about it. You know, we talk a lot about living in the moment, but um, what I want to talk about is is more than that, living in a good moment and really forgetting that past as best you can. Now, now sometimes you need to make sure you position yourself so the same thing won't happen again. We'll talk about that as we move along. But, but what I'm saying is... Forgiveness is so healing, and it's not just good for that person you're forgiving. It's really, really good for yourself. Grudge holding is one of those things that chips away at your psyche well-being. It can chip away, too, at your health. And you've heard me say many times on this show how how bad when you have anxiety or mood issues, but also when you have anger. When you have anger in your heart, it also can chip away at your psyche and your sense of well-being. So I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear your questions about forgiving and why we should forgive and whether or not we should forgive and maybe you think there's somebody that you absolutely cannot. I'd like to hear that too. Why we're talking about forgiveness. Give us a call at 1877 MPB ring. That's 18776727464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org this is Relatively Speaking I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and we'll be right back
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we are talking about forgiveness. Uh, We've talked about it before um, in the past, but it's been a while, and, and there's no special date, there's no special month that we need to focus on forgiveness. We need to keep in mind that this is something we really need to do all the time. My question to you is, do you have trouble with it? Do you find that um it's hard to let go of a hurt that happened to you? Do you find that maybe someone hasn't forgiven you for a transgression or you don't even understand what that transgression was and you're you're trying to figure it out? You can give us a call and share your thoughts or feelings with us today at 1877 MPB ring. That's 1877672. Seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So let's go on to the phones. We have uh, George in Braxton who has some comments about forgiveness and self-sacrifice. Good morning, George.
2: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. I know sometimes this is a tough topic to talk about, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Tell us what your thoughts are.
2: Well, uh, I'm a preacher, and in response to what the church member had, uh, it's pretty obvious that so much of what God does for us is predicated upon how we treat each other. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is um, our culture does not really uh, have a lot to say or good things to say about self-sacrifice. And to truly forgive someone, it takes a great deal of, Self-sacrifice and understanding, and um, in, in our culture, that's not not always the, the the most popular person. If you're always seeking common ground, and, <laughs> you know, for yourself, right. g- good guys are always seen as uh, negative, and, and and bad guys are always seen as more popular. So our culture really kind of fights against, in my opinion. Uh, The American culture, the YOLO, Mm -hmm. you only live once, go for it, Uh, be yourself, and and regardless of what anyone thinks, you do you, and, you know, that whole thing kind of fights against um, self-sacrifice and forgiveness. But I will say, um, as a pastor, so to speak, listening to all types of music and and trying to reach as many as I can with the Word of God, I heard a rapper say, that holding your grudge is like letting someone live in your head, rent free.
1: Wow, and, that's great.
2: It Yeah, it is. yeah. and it, it really did change a lot. But go ahead.
1: No well, George, I just want to reiterate your your point about the self sacrifice, and it is what you're doing is you're letting go of something it may have been a hurt. it may have been something that hurt your pride or or hurts you very deeply, but uh, to let to let go. But I love the the rapper's words, and that's exactly right. You're letting someone else live in your head and their transgression that they did to you live in your head for free and continue to chip away at your, your well-being. So that's to, true. Yeah, to let it go. Those are great words. I'm so glad you called in. Thanks, George, and thanks for listening. Well, let's go. We've got um, Kay in Poplarville on the line now. And you, Kay, you have some question about how to encourage someone to forgive?
3: Uh, Yes, ma'am. I have a relationship from years ago. My best friend in college introduced me to my husband. Um, I introduced her to her husband. Within the next five years, we were both divorced, and she married my ex-husband. No. Oh. Now, they sent me this nice little note about how they had been in love with each other for a long time, yada, yada, yada. Well, their marriage lasted three months, and then he divorced her. Um, and since then, we've both gone our separate ways, and I've tried to reconnect with her. Um, mm-hmm. And she told me by way of a note that she did not want to see me because it would remind her of her failed marriage to, marriage to my ex husband
4: hmm.
3: and now i 'm good friends with her sister
1: on
3: mm-hmm. several places, but i can 't get the older sister who was my best friend to talk to me. You know,
1: Kay, um, there may be a little deeper issue in there, um, mm-hmm. and you may not know. You know, I don't know if you were able to listen to the story at the very beginning, the Buzz and Sheldon story. I did, yeah. I did.
3: and that's what made me think about this, mm-hmm. you know, that, that um, as much as i tried, you know, sending Christmas cards or whatever, she just, you know, she just didn't want anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. There may be a deeper
1: issue. It may be um, embarrassment. It may be that she I'm remembers sure those words. Yeah. 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 It may yeah. be those words that she wrote um, saying how much they loved each other and they'd been in love for so long. And then, lo and behold, the marriage couldn't hold together for um, three months. So yeah. it it sounds like there's there's probably that if you've reached out several times, have you have you sent her um, a letter or an email? I would suggest that you sit down and you you write that. She was a valuable um, and beloved friend, and that you would Mm -hmm. like her back, and Mm -hmm. that you are able to let the past be the past and to not even discuss it. Yeah. That you have no desire to discuss the past because you want to live in the present. And that's the way I would approach that.
3: That's a great idea. Maybe her baby sister can get me her address because i've totally lost contact with her all the way around so yeah. i will i think i'll pursue that thank you so much
1: yeah okay you are so welcome i will just add a little byline um our producer jay white just um said in my ear evidently that guy wasn't good for either one of y'all <laughs> um well, clearly not
3: he had one before me, and then after my girlfriend, he married somebody the age of his daughter, and they were split up soon, too. Um, and that's when I lost track of them. I was very good friends with his mother. Yeah. His mother and I were very, very close. So wow. while he was alive, I kind of knew what was going on, but I had no clue anymore, you know.
1: Yeah. It Sound, <laughs> sounds like he really needs some counseling. He's got some oh, yeah. relationship oh, yeah. issues. As, and,
3: um, as my husband now says, not my monkey, not my zoo. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you, Dr. Susan. You are so welcome, Kay. Thanks so much for calling. Um, we have some open lines, and I'd love for more of you to give us a call about forgiveness. And tell us your story, maybe tell us your problems, what you need us to help you with. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven 672 We're going to go back to the phones. We have Charlie, who's on highway 24 charlie i hope you're <laughs> driving hands-free
5: i am okay I um, a long story i'm going to make it short uh, my stepfather was put in jail for molesting my daughter when she was nine she oh, is now 24 yeah um our family separated for a long time because of that because i pressed charges and um as you after should about,
1: have, by the yes. way, yes. Well,
5: yes, and after about six years, I started feeling like I needed to forgive
1: mm-hmm.
5: because there was so much anger and, and, and just hatred and anger, and it was destroying part of me inside, mm-hmm. and I and I thought I did that,
1: mm-hmm. and
5: part of that, and I think maybe other people might misdrew just the way I did, but by forgiving, I felt obligated to be a part of their life again. Mm-hmm. Um, which caused so much more stress and anxiety and just trouble for me in my life. Um, I had to eventually let that go and completely exclude them from my life and my children's lives for the better of us. And, um, but just a part of feeling obligated, my, my own daughter, the one who was the victim, she's now 24, told me back then that I needed to quit feeling obligated to be a part of their lives because the the, the discussions that we would have over the phone and they live states away would be relative to the things that he did to my daughter it was mm-hmm. you know comments and things like that that kind of associated with it mm-hmm. so the obligation to communicate with those you forgive is is necessary and and to realize that that is for yourself that forgiveness and and not necessarily for that other person and and the crimes or whatever they may do to you know, against you or your loved ones.
1: Charlie, that's um, good information that you just gave. And and that is part of why when you do forgive, you have to make sure that you position yourself so that whatever transgression happened doesn't happen again. And so you're right. Um, When a molestation happens like that, often unless um, there is evidence that it is really, really difficult to rehabilitate people who have... um, that um, that sickness. And so and the other issue is that it, when it involves a family member, uh, many times um, there there are problems like PTSD and others, and being around individuals such as that who were the perpetrators often can well things back up, even in someone who has stepped all the way through um, with good therapy and gotten all the way out of it. So mm-hmm. your advice is very good, and I would heartily, same thing for someone who's been um, robbed or sexually abused or abused himself in a relationship. Um, If you've been in an abusive relationship, you can forgive that person, but you don't have to go back to the abusive relationship. And that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind. Forgiving does not mean that you have to put yourself in harm's way again. It just means that you forgive. You let it go. You don't let that person live in your brain anymore. They're done. And um, what was our previous caller? What did did she say, "Not my monkey, not my suit. You don't have to." <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So, um, thanks for bringing that point up. I think that's very good for listeners out there who have been in situations such as yours, and I'm sure there are many when there were individuals who who um, had some terrible transgression committed against themselves. You have to forgive. You know, I've brought this up many times, as others have, the, the Amish families who, when the, the shooter came in and killed all those young children, and they forgave them, um, I'm sure they were sad. I am sure they were terribly um, heartbroken about their loss. But part of what they felt was the right thing to do was to forgive. Um it's more healing and and again there is Pretty clear evidence out there that it is healing to your body. So if you feel better, if you're still holding a grudge, listeners, today's the day to start working on that, to try to let yourself figure out how to let it go. If you want to talk about it, if you have some thoughts about it, please give us a call and uh, let us hear your story. Charlie, thanks so much for your call. All right. Thanks for listening and be safe on the highway. Um, we still have plenty of time for callers. We have open lines. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Rel- Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back to talk about Forgiveness.
0: Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and today we're talking about forgiveness. How do you do it? How do you let go of those terrible hurts that happened to you, those wounds that you um, felt at one time in your life? How do you pull back that family member that is long gone or that dear friend that um, is no more a dear friend? What do you do? Um, How do you step through it? And um, is it something you really should do? We want to hear your thoughts and your feelings about this. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, You know, experts say that forgiving those, we've talked about this a little bit, who've wronged you can help you. Um, Let me tell you a few ways it helps. It can help lower your blood pressure. There's even evidence that it can help lower your cholesterol. It certainly lowers your heart rate when you're calmer. One study found that forgiveness is also associated with sleep improvement, and that's not a surprise at all, right? If you have something um, going through your mind, bothering you all the time, then um, you may have difficulty falling asleep. Or if you wake in the middle of the night, that thought pops right into your head and you start ruminating about it again. So once you learn to let go then you're able to move forward and just feel more healthy in general. Um, There was a, a study done out of Duke University that correlated forgiveness and even a strengthened immune system. And again, that may not be terribly surprising. If you are calm and you have a good sense of place and well-being and you're not letting someone else live in your mind and um, destroy your sense of good feeling, then you may be a more resistant individual. So letting go of grudges can um, reduce those feelings of anxiety. Um, You can feel happier, more optimistic, and really just enjoy a sense of well-being. So let's go back to the phones. Um, Now, I can't see who's on line one, but we have line one there who is calling in. Uh, Jay, can you help me out there?
4: Yes, this is uh, Martha and Ackerman.
1: Hey, Martha. Thanks for calling.
6: Hello. I'm here. Okay. Tell us what your thoughts are. I've been enjoying this conversation this morning very, very much. It's very meaningful. Um, as a survivor of sexual abuse as a child I'm um, growing up with that kind of fear and um, domination that it that it um, entails I can tell you that at about 30 something years old I rounded a corner one day and I was startled to the point that I I knew right then that I had to deal with it and um, but the first thing I had to do was to forgive. Uh-huh. And it was not something that I <clears throat> excuse me, did for someone else. I did it for myself.
1: Exactly. It,
6: um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what the other person did. I was not in contact with him and um, never saw him again. Um, but it was something that I had to do to free myself up because it was controlling me. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope that that's the message that people carry away today, you know, is do it for you. You're worth it. You have so much more living to do. You know, if somebody is has hurt you in the past, please let it go. Get to, with a counselor somewhere. And I went into counseling, and I just looked at it. This is my healing place. And um, it, it really, it has, you know, I went on and became a social worker and, You know, there's a whole other world out there that you can belong to that, that, you know, it's not that it doesn't leave scars. It does. Right. Right. You'll always have a scar. Right.
1: Martha, that's great advice. But if you get that person again, I love the get them out of your head forgive them pull it out of your head don't dwell on it so that it doesn't drive you down further you just said there there's more to life than dwelling on the past now that was a very difficult thing you went through and um and and I agree with you sometimes you are forgiving not so much for the other person but just for your sense of well-being and your right your right. sense of
6: you know it's so entangling it's so you know it wraps you up it takes it saps your energy it saps your mind your physical body I stored so much pain in my body that you know but when I mean I was told that I was going to be in a wheelchair when I was 28 years old unless you know they they thought I had arthritis I'm 68 now I haven't been in a wheelchair wow because I let go the pain I let go you know it was it i'm not telling you that it won't take a lot of work
1: <laughs> and right <laughs> it may not be easy and, and you mentioned counseling and often when you've had a significant transgression or if it feels significant in your head um, counseling is what can help you get through it and pull right. you out of that sometimes it's very hard to do it on your own and and certainly um, sexual abuse physical abuse um, significant things such as that would would I think just Absolutely require um, counseling. Uh, I feel the same way about um, when when something's happened and you've lost a family member and you're so angry about it. Many right. times you have to go through counseling to to get somebody to help you step through it.
6: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Martha, thank you. You know, your story is so good because we just talked. I don't know if you heard it while you were waiting online, but I was talking about um, the Duke University study that showed that it can improve um, forgiveness, can improve your immune system. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you.
6: Well, I didn't hear that part, but yeah. I knew, you know, when people, I heard people calling in, and I thought, well, you know, I need to, this is one time I need to call in. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I'll I'll, I'll go back and listen to it all online. I'm, I was kind of in a store, and then I came out, and yeah. I'm getting you in between stores. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thanks for doing that, and thanks for calling in. But, yeah, you can listen to it on podcasts, so do Thank
6: that. Thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Th-
1: thanks, Martha. Okay, let's stay on the phones. We're going to go to Doug in Louisville. You have some comments about your son, Doug. Right. Yes,
4: doctor. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Uh, I am 65 years old. I grew up in New Jersey in an alcoholic household, a doubly addicted household of grief, of uh, uh, aggression, uh, abuse, verbal, spousal. And there were terrible scars left in both my sister and I. Mm -hmm. Um, I, Forgiveness comes from our heart for us, not the person who hurt us. My father did damage that could never be repaired, only forgiven. Right. And what I found, Doc, was in 1998, my 15-year-old daughter, my first marriage failed. Because of my alcoholism, following in the footsteps of my father, as he did his father, that that roller coaster of abuse, or merry go round of abuse. Mm. And what happened was, my daughter forgave me, and she explained that that's why Christ died on the cross for our sins. And the light bulb went on. I needed to find forgiveness of my father. This is 1998. Uh, It was in April. A week later, Doc, she died in a car accident.
1: Oh, my goodness. uh,
4: The ultimate forgiveness I had to find was with my maker, with God, to forgive him because it was just a terrible accident. And she gave me the wisdom and the knowledge to go to him to understand that I have to forgive everybody. Otherwise, that sin guilt, just like your caller was talking before— it will emotionally and physiologically and physically affect our bodies.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, Absolutely. Forgiveness of, yeah, forgiveness de- and I don't mean to dominate. I just want to get all this off. I think you you got one of the best shows you've ever had. Uh, Thank you. Forgiveness is so important to us. We don't do it enough. People say things that hurt you. You walk away. When you walk away. You're carrying a grudge bag and you're putting another grudge in your bag. That bag becomes so heavy, displaced aggression comes out. And we hit somebody we love with that bag of all those aggressions. We, we didn't forgive. We just stored them in our heart. Once we learn to forgive and let it go. And you know, my father, I try to think of the good in him, And there wasn't a lot because of the alcohol. But when I think of him I try to think of the good in him. I don't let him control me and that's exactly what happens with that sin mm-hmm. is it controls our lives, it controls our thought it, patterns. It our can decision making
1: Doug, um, it it can control you and it sounds like you finally stopped that cycle. And the fact what a beautiful what a beautiful memory for your daughter, uh, for you, of your daughter is that she forgave you, and that you can live with that and not have the the terrible thoughts that your your daughter perhaps died without having forgiven you. That's such a wonderful thing. So you you said a couple of things. I just want to reiterate. It doesn't mean that when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that damage wasn't done. It doesn't mean that you can take away those things that happened. It means, like you said, that you've forgiven, you've let go of it, and you're able to move forward. And Doug, it sounds like you said you're an alcoholic, you're in recovery, it sounds. And I want. For how long? 20 years 20 years wonderful congratulations on that but you, I'm still, you still an alcoholic Certainly, you are you are still fighting that, and and we know that's hereditary. We know that that can be a problem that your other family members have to face sometimes, but it's something that you it you made the move to stop the cycle, and that's what others need to do is to remember. Yes, there are a lot of people out there who have difficulty difficulty in their families but at the same time somebody's got to stop it somebody's got to draw the line and say no more and that's what you did so congratulations on that and thank you so much for those those beautiful words i appreciate your call
4: thank you doc thank you
1: thank you for listening all right, let's let's stay on the phone. Um, we're we're now with Phil, Phil, and Brandon coping with divorce. Talk to us about what you're having difficulty with right now, Phil.
7: My son and I were very very close many years ago. He just turned 18, and and uh, he was ripped away from his home and his 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 native-born community and taken to a faraway state, and he's. He's dealt with it in a way that I don't think was healthy. And he's getting drugs and alcohol. And, and, uh, I haven't been able to see him, but a couple of times in, in the, since he left uh, at 11, a couple of times. But I shared with him the last trip that the drinking alcohol was bad. And he let me know a couple of weeks later that he, he had quit and he seems to be doing better. He's coming back for the second, second Christmas. And, and it's just, You know, great reunion. Now, I dealt with it as an adult with forgiveness and the Bible and understanding uh, the spiritual aspects of what what our father says about forgiveness and coped and and dealt. But my concern is I don't, as a father, I'm not certain that he has. And I've talked to family members and asked, how can I approach, should I approach, and let him know what all has taken place so that maybe he can deal with it. And I think your show and your last caller helped me realize I really just need to share with him about forgiveness and not try to drag up the uh, all that happened, even though I, I want to let him know if I bankrupt, you know, fight for my right to see him. But I, I want him to know. But I think more importantly, it's important that he finds a way to forgive. And one thing that the last caller mentioned that, that very few I've ever heard say, we may hold something against someone and they, they may or may not have done anything. For instance, he had to forgive. Uh, God for letting his daughter die. God didn't kill the daughter, but in his heart and his mind, he chose to forgive, and that opened up a whole new spectrum of healing. And I just want to reiterate that point and ask your opinion. How much should I bring up to the, to, to my adult child about the past that has happened? <laughs>
1: Relatively none. I, I think that you're right. I think you need to just say, I know the divorce was hard on you. I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive us for that. Um, we, ne- I never... Wanted you to be involved in something like this, but I want us to have a great relationship and tell me what I need to do. I would not bring up who had what transgression at all. Now, if you want to also say, I know I didn't see you as often as I should have. I wanted to, and you can say that, but I would not go any further than that because dragging up the past is uh, worthless. It does nothing as far as healing. I think if you can just say what you said, I want to be with you. I want to see you as often as I can and as often as I can afford, I will be there for you. I'm your father. And that's what I would say.
2: Very good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, Phil. Well thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much for calling and right. for your comments. All right. Well, let's see. Now are we coming back to George in Braxton?
2: Oh, uh, yes, ma'am.
1: Hey, George. Um, you were one of our you were our first caller, I believe. You have some comments on reconciliation?
2: Oh uh, yes, ma'am. Um well, you know, forgiveness and in, in the situation where you never see each other and all that. Uh, that's somewhat easier if you never have to lay eyes, so to speak, on the person. But in in certain instances, say with a couple um, that decide to reconcile, there is something, there are two things, our memory and our imagination, that fight reconciliation, in my opinion, because we can always remember words are never unsaid and things are never undone. However, if both parties are really serious and committed to reconciliation, one thing to remember as a victim is dealing with pain, right?
1: That's correct, the yeah. The
2: person that, that has caused the transgression is dealing with guilt. So the victim, just reconciliation works better if the past doesn't come up, if right. we fool ahead forward. Yeah. Right. And, and you know,
1: George, I don't know if you you were unhol, so you may not have heard the call with Phil. He he asked, um, when he talked about when he got back together with his son about the divorce and the fact that he had missed seeing him for a while, did he bring up the past? And my answer was, No, don't bring it up. Um, let's go forward with the present. And I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Those are two great points, the pain and guilt. Okay, let's go. Thank you, George, for that callback. We're going to go to Russell in Jackson. Um, Russell, you have some comments on the importance of forgiveness, too. Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, thanks for calling.
3: Uh, forgiveness, uh uh, it, incredibly important that I'm finding out because I was holding on to a lot of hurts and I still uh, struggle with forgiveness uh, you know growing up I had a lot of abuse and uh, was in a marriage that was very abusive and uh, abuse uh, the, the the holding on to that abuse will poison you it will uh, cripple every relationship you have even if that relationship is not abusive and letting go of that abuse forgiving that abuse it uh, will free you to to have healthier relationships in your future and present and I'm learning all these things and uh, you know just the importance of what forgiveness really is
1: yeah perfect that's exactly right and you know you'll be a healthier individual if you step through that so Russell thanks for your your call, I hope you received the counseling that you needed. You seem very much at peace, um, and you've stepped through it. So,
3: Well, I'm still, still, still in
4: counseling.
1: Still in counseling. It, sometimes it takes a while, but um, work on that forgiveness. It sounds like you're getting there.
3: Yeah, like, and, and I'm understanding the importance of it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thank Russell. You.
1: Good luck. Um. Okay, our last caller. Let's go to Kara in Hattiesburg. Kara, you have some comments of forgiveness? Yes.
8: Yes. Um, I'm sure out there there's some listeners that have been through child custody in court.
1: No, oh, probably and, lots. Yes. And,
8: it's you know, it's one of those situations where you have two you know two parties that know each other very intimately, and things get really nasty very quick, you know, and it's like living in paranoia. You know, mine went on for two years, (laughs) two years of just Mm. constant fear. And, like, you know, they were calling DHS on me even though there was nothing going on. And even though DHS assured me that everything was going to be fine, you know, having that paranoia that at any moment, you know, someone's going to show up at my door and ask me to look around. Like, it's not that I'm doing anything wrong, but just the fear that I lived in for two years. So after we got through court and I won, it it was still incredibly hard for me to go back to, like, the way it was before, you know, drop the kids off with their grandmother and their grandfather, not worry about, you know, them writing things down or plotting or (laughs) whatever, like, fear that I had lived in. So I ended up having to meet with a counselor and kind of go over, you know, explain to her my fear, and I was at this point ready to get on some sort of medication. Mm. And she just told me that I needed to look at it from their point of view. Like I needed to empathize with, you know, all of the decisions that I felt were awful. I had to look at them from their eyes and realize that they were truly doing what they felt was the best for the kids. Even though they were wrong. Even and though they were, they were wrong, wrong
4: right.
8: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, none of that matters, whether they're wrong or they're right, because you did things that were wrong too. You know, and because once one side gets nasty in court, then I got nasty right back.
1: Sure. And it was
8: just horrible. But I'm so grateful that I did not have to get on any kind of medication, that I was able to meet with the grandparents and a, a third party counselor. And we were able to just kind of hash things out and talk about how things are going to be from now on. And it's been about, I don't know, like six months or so mm-hmm. of peace.
1: Wonderful. And everyone's
8: respectful to each other. So I don't know if there's anyone out there that is in the middle of all that custody court, um, if they just know that it doesn't stay intense forever, it ends and after it's over, you have to get together with the other party and, and let them put their fears on the table and let you, know, you put yours on the table.
1: Exactly. And, and Kara, it sound, sounds to me like you had an excellent counselor who tried to not just take your side, so to speak, but to, to get you to look at the whole and look at what others' behavior, how it might be seated and why. And so um, what a great counselor. And yet, yet another example of sometimes if you just get proper counseling, you don't have to worry about medication. You can take care of it all yourself. So thanks for your call, Kara. Gosh, I want to just thank all our listeners, everybody who called in. What great participation we had today. I think everybody believes we need to forgive. I think sometimes it's just hard to do. So hopefully you got some tips on how to do that. Um, Before we close, I want to also tell you about a program. Uh, Together, the Center for the Advancement of Youth and the Junior League of Jackson are sponsoring a series of interactive programs called Food for Thought. It's for parents. And um, we are going to be doing it in the evenings. It's going to be at umc in the student union and we start late at 6 15 having supper and babysitters believe it or not so if you need further information uh email s fellows at edu, or you can call 601-209-5504 um if we'll put this on our webpage too um, I want to thank everybody again. Today's show is engineered by Jay, our call screener, Jared. I'm Dr. Buttress, uh, Susan Buttress. I hope you will join us next Tuesday at 11 and for relatively speaking, and you can stay tuned now for uh, NPR's here and now coming up next.